Emma Newham is a fitness industry veteran with decades of experience. She founded My Body Studios in 2002, the North East's first Pilates studio. In 2008, she created Pilates Union UK, specialising in global Pilates teacher training endorsed by Active IQ. Emma's bar concept method, the UK's top ballet bar workout, is internationally accredited and she also launched Emma Newham Fitness in 2014, which offers online fitness training courses with global approval. In addition to yoga and Pilates, Emma specialises in gyrotonic and gyrokinesis, cardiac rehabilitation, exercise to music and personal training. She's an assessor and holds an IQA certification. She's released multiple workout DVDs and appeared in many national media outlets, including TV, radio and major newspapers. We can't wait to speak to her today and we're so excited for you to hear what she has to say. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Sacred Soul podcast. Today we're here with Emma. She is a fitness industry veteran and she is a Pilates and yoga teacher amongst many other things. She's got her own yoga and CPD courses and she's dipped her toe into lots of different um, areas in the fitness industry over the years. So welcome Emma, thank you for coming. Just wanted to ask if you would be able to give us a little introduction. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I've uh, been in the health, fitness and wellness industry for nearly three decades now, 28 years. Um, even kind of longer back than that, um, you know, I was eight years old when I started working with the body doing um, ballet uh, till about the age of 16, um, you know, and did all my sort of Royal Academy of Dancing exams. And I also did gymnastics. So I kind of had a really early sort of grounding into working with the body. Uh, and when I was 24, I moved down to London with my boyfriend, got a job in a bank, kind of hated it. Uh, it was kind of soul destroying. Uh, and my partner at the time, you know, he uh, he said, well, what would you do if you could do anything? What would you do? Uh, and I said, well, I'd probably just go back to my dancing again. So the next night he brought in the London course guide and I kind of looked at it and, and you know, I found an exercise to music course, which is kind of the old aerobics qualification. Uh, this is back in 1994. Mm. And uh I didn't have any money to to buy the course. So my mom sent some some money down and that was kind of the start of it. Um, and after that, it was just, you know, once you're in the industry, it's just it's just opens up this whole pathway to you. Um, so I then um, went and got a job. I remember teaching like a legs, bums and Tom's body conditioning class in, in London, in Victoria. And they asked me to teach a step class and I wasn't certified in step. So I then kind of uh did a did a qualification in step and, and I met loads of people who were on the personal trainers diploma and they were doing step module as part of it so I thought well why not I'll just sign up for that so I became a personal trainer then that led on to cardiac rehab qualifications um then a gyrotonic gyrokinesis qualification and then back in 2006 Oh, actually, I, I did my Pilates as well in 1996, um, Matt and Reformer. But then in 2006, it kind of sort of changed route a little bit. Um, I fancied going to, to do yoga. My mother had died um, two years before that. Um, and I got left a little bit of money. So I wanted to go to, to do yoga in the place where... Well, the birthplace of yoga to, to India, the source of it. So I took a trip um, with some friends to the Himalayas. Uh, and that was kind of life changing in many respects, because that was the start of my yoga journey, which was, you know, 17 years or so ago. Um, I met um, my second husband there, who was an Australian guy. Um, and he taught me a lot about business as well. He was in business himself. Um and so I was kind of back and forwards to Australia for the next seven years until that relationship uh, faded out. But in that time, you know, I did lots of yoga training. We, we traveled to Mysore together. We did the Ashtanga training. So there's lots of different types of training. I did the Kundalini yoga teacher training, aerial yoga teacher training, um, you know, various different methods. Um, and every time I kind of went to India, to either do a training or to visit um it was like I don't know it's 
it's a weird feeling. It's like I step off the plane. And it's like I'm home. It's a feeling that this is where I belong. Uh, and if I go to Spain or any other places that I might regularly go to, I don't get that feeling. I just get the feeling of, yay, I'm on holiday. But India is so different. And honestly, if you've never been to India. Um, no, we haven't, have we? Yeah. No, it, 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 it Honestly, a, a little bit of magic of India, just it can't help but touch your soul. The mm. people are just some of the nicest humans on the planet. Honestly, they're so gracious. They, they've literally got nothing, some of them. But they're so they're so friendly. They're welcoming. Um, and I think that's part of the beauty of it, apart from all of the yoga philosophy, you know, etc. Um, so, so every year I return, and you know, I was back in um, twenty twenty. I'd already been running instructor training courses really since two thousand and seven. Um, so this is thirteen years on, um, and I was just running Pilates, conditioning, bar instructor training uh courses and one of my students long-term students who comes to to my studio to do yoga she said would you run a yoga teacher training course and people had asked me in the past and I'd always said no 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 I'm not I'm not going to run a yoga teacher training course um but a few years earlier I'd done another yoga teacher training I'd done a kundalini so I had my initial shivananda 200 hour qualification uh, I'd done the Ashtanga Yoga uh, Foundation, the Aerial, uh, and the Kundalini just kind of prepared me a little bit more. Uh, it, it gave me a little bit more understanding because yoga is such a it's such a misunderstood. Um, I'm going to say method. That's the wrong word. Yeah. But in the West, it's kind of it's all it's become is um, a physical practice in yeah. the West. And it's just a trendy thing to do yeah, now. It's quite like gimmicky yoga. now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's Instagram doesn't help. Yeah. yeah, because Instagram, you know, everybody's doing, you know, all the difficult poses on the beach as a lovely backdrop. And it just it just kind of perpetuates that um, incorrect image of, of the essence of yoga, which is the really... Question, which is how it does kind of make you feel like you need to be perfect or have a perfect body before you can even start to do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But but even that, even that, the, the perception of the body, it's about the body, is is really incorrect. I mean, you go to, to India, there'll be yoga teacher training courses that just teach the breath work. Mm -hmm. There's not an asana, a pose among it. You know, most people come to yoga because of the physical practice. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a great practice and it, it's really great for your body. Um, but as long as people don't have the misconception that that is what yoga is, because it's not. Yoga is about it's the mind. spiritual practice, isn't it? Yeah. It, it? Ultimately. Yeah. I mean, it's a way of life mm -hmm. for sure. You know, eating right, sleeping right. You know, you have a the right attitude. Um you know, adopting good habits. But but yoga is essentially about the mind. Um, and everything we do is to really work towards um, controlling the mind or not allowing the mind to control us yeah. because we're yeah. bigger than and the mind. And consciousness, isn't it? It's about kind of changing your consciousness and kind of reaching those you know states of consciousness where you're enlightened and, and or where you're feeling that you're connecting to the divine in some way. Yeah, that's right. And and people think that, you know, um, enlightenment occurs, you know, or, or we go to heaven or whatever when we die. And actually, the concept of actually heaven on earth, uh, what they what they call samadhi, bliss, enlightenment, nirvana, whatever you want to call it, is the recognition that, um, you know, we are one with source, mm -hmm. with the divine oneness. Uh, the the end of of duality, if you like, um, and that's quite a hard concept for people to grasp. Mm -hmm. um, that you're um, one with the divine. You're you're the same energy. I mean, the very word yoga, uh, yoga yug, it comes from the 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 word yug, meaning to unite. It means you're uniting your individual soul consciousness with the divine consciousness so oneness and and kind of think of it like this um 
think of an ocean. Yeah. And in an ocean, there's many waves. So there's one wave over here, which is a little wave, looking at a huge, massive wave over there. Think, oh, that's a that's a very big wave over there. I'm just a little wave over here. But actually, I'm bigger than that, that tiny wave over there. And it's kind of how we see ourselves as individual waves. And the point where enlightenment or samadhi uh, occurs is when you, it's like that light bulb went, oh my God, I am the ocean. We yeah. are all, we're all we're exactly that. Yeah, we're yeah. all the energy and, that we're vibrating on, aren't we? And that is, that, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's amazing. But, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're talking about vibration and energy there, Faye. Um, and that is that is really what we're trying to get over to people, that we are beings of energy. Yeah. Uh, but people like to think of themselves as flesh and blood and bone mm. and matter. But yeah. actually, when you break it down, and quantum science has now, is now supporting this theory, uh, so it's not a woo-woo concept uh, that the yogis have known for, you know, 5,000 plus years, uh, modern science is now um, verifying that we are beings of energy because when we, when you break us down, you know, to our tiniest part, you know, we're made up of molecules. If you break down, um, sorry, the, the atom, if you break down the atom, um, you get protons, neutrons, electrons, the smaller subatomic sub particles. And if you break down that, you get the tiniest particle, which is now called a quark. But inside of that is just pure energy. Wow. So everything is energy, light, sound, us. And our body is nothing more than energy that is compressed and condensed enough to form physical matter. But at the very core, we are, you know, that pure being of energy. It's just the matter is condensed enough so that we appear solid. But if you put your hand under a high powered microscope, you'd see it's a mass of uh, energy cells vibrating at a very yeah. rapid yeah. Uh, rate. Um, but trying to get that across to people is a very, very difficult subject indeed that we're you know, vibrating energy and that we can change uh, the vibration that we, um, the energy that we emit. So when we talk about like a spiritual practice, mm -hmm. we talk about raising our vibration. How do we do that? Well, there's various ways that you can raise your vibration. Meditation is one of the, the main, the main way, the main ones. Uh, breath work, deep breathing. And in fact, uh, in Kundalini practice, one of the main uh breathwork practices to get into an altered state uh a different state of consciousness other than our waking state is alternate nostril breathing yeah i've done a bit of that before in a, in a yoga class it is quite powerful actually yeah you you just you can get an experience of transcendence an experience of something that is other than your third dimension material reality yeah, yeah. um you know, and it's 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 very difficult to to kind of put an experience of transcendence or oneness into words because it's kind of like uh, explaining colors to a blind person. Where where do you start? How do you describe the color red if if you're blind? Or trying to explain the the taste of chocolate to somebody that had never had sweet food before. Yeah. You know, it's an experience that is not of the ordinary levels of reality you know some people might have that experience if they're on drugs or lsd um you know um like they would in shamanic practices the way they take ayahuasca you know the plant-based herbal medicine there's a there's a different experience of of reality yeah, other than consciousness yeah yeah what we know so that so the the goal is to try to raise your vibration so breath work meditation exercise um gratitudes uh positive journaling random acts of kindness and of course you know the, the kind of things that you eat uh raw honey nuts seeds uh you know fresh 
fruit and veg, untampered food. Yeah, actual whole foods. I think that's the other thing, isn't it, that people take for granted as well, which I suppose when you're more involved in fitness, you become more aware of is the fuel that you're putting into your body, what you're feeding your body is actually feeding your soul, isn't it? It's actually feeding the whole essence of who you are. And I mean, we all live, especially in the Western world, we, you know, we live on absolute rubbish. Convenience food, food. it's very much grab what you can when you can, especially when you're busy and you have all these life expectations of running around and doing things. And then like you say, with the yoga as well, people are doing all that, eating all the wrong foods and then think they can just show up to yoga class and everything's fine and their body will just be, you know mm. in a great place when really that's not it's the whole yeah. thing it's the whole the whole act of eating well and it's a way of life yeah. yeah you know what and I've just I've spent a month in uh India I just got back actually a week ago and um yeah I saw yeah. that you've been teaching at an ashram haven't you yeah I've been teaching at ashram. I, mean, I took you know my my group of instructors we had a little kind of tour around India after that um and now I'm back and it's kind of um Oh, you know, my my heart's still over there. Yeah. Um, I had I met with a couple of gurus who kind of, you know, they sort of like almost like prophets, and uh, and a couple of them said, you know, you're a spiritual leader, you need to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got home and I thought, what on earth am I doing? You know, I just want to get on a plane and go back there because the I feel so light inside. Uh, I feel clean because we have a sattvic diet in the ashram, which means it's just a word for pure diet. So there's no spices. It's a very, very bland. So there's nothing to excite your system. What kind of things would you eat? What? So it's it's Indian vegetarian food, um, but it's, you know, so you'll, you'll have rice, you'll have dal, like a lentil dal. Yeah. Uh, you'll have chapatis, the, the bread, you'll have a poppadom um you'll have a like a vegetable side dish you know and you know they there may be mild spices in there but there's nothing hot or okay. there's nothing you, know what you traditionally expect to be in indian food yeah yeah in an ashram that's basically it so it's called a sattvic diet pure food nothing to excite your system mm-hmm. uh nothing that grows in the dark so no mushrooms nothing that grows underground um and you know just just kind of water um uh, so after having had that and doing yoga and meditation several times a day, you know, you feel just totally different. Uh, and, you know, coming back to the West where there's all the temptations, you know, you go out, you socialize with friends, yeah. you go out for a nice meal. Uh, the, the temptations are really difficult to have a, some wine and, you know, uh, go back to a, a normal diet. I mean, I've been back a week now and, uh, and I kind of, I made a decision when I was out there, you know, I'm going to cut down um, on, you know, drinking wine because it's one of the things I really enjoy um, and, you know, try to keep to a vegetarian diet. And I've done that for a week. Um, and I think I'm not sure now if I just um, go just cold turkey mm-hmm. rather than kind of reducing. Yeah, um, that's what I did. I, I, st- I st- haven't had a drink since last year in September but for health reasons because obviously as you know because I've known Emma a, a while because we met on a, a gong retreat didn't we yeah and we sort of kept in touch but I've been quite unwell this last year with well, this last few years actually with various different things but I cut alcohol out completely because it for me it was an, an inflammatory and it was just making all my autoimmune issues and gut issues a hundred times worse including oh. the heart things that were going on so I've literally stopped completely um and i can say it makes a massive difference well i've gone plant-based mainly with a yeah. lot of my meals as well because i'm breastfeeding and my baby's got a, a lot of allergies ah uh, right i'm just literally living on the very basic yeah. like whole foods aren't i yeah, really her baby's allergic to soy. Kind of soya so i can't have any meat alternatives or anything like that because they're all soya based i can't have any dairy can't have anything with coconut in so mm it's cut down my diet massively but it has made a big difference to how I feel because I'm eating a lot more fresh food and making things from scratch Mm. so like you say it makes such a difference doesn't it and where I struggle is with food see the the alcohol was easier for me to eliminate even though I did like a drink (laughs) anyone that knows me could attest (laughs) we used to love a wine didn't we in an evening but I do miss it I do miss it psychologically I miss that you know the social aspect of it um but 
it's the food for me. I crave sugar a lot. And I think it's because oh. I've always got no energy because of, the, because of the fibromyalgia. I always feel like I've got no energy all the time. Right. So I find that really difficult. You know, I try to eat as, as plant-based as I possibly can. But again, I'm anemic, so I have to have some 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 iron of some description, even though I can get that right. from plants. Um, yeah. I can't actually take heme iron because um, my body just doesn't absorb it for whatever reason. Oh, wow. It's bizarre. So have you cut, cut out sugar as well then? I've tried to, but I do have the odd day because I, as I'm a lady of that certain age, I'm also going through the change at the moment as well. So yeah. at the moment I'm having these, you know, massive gaps in, you know, not having periods and then just craving sugar. So there'll be times when like as a human being, we are a human being having this experience, well, spiritually having this human experience, aren't we? There's temptation, as you said, and there's times when I'm desperate for a chocolate <laughs> or, you know, something sweet, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so hard. It really is. Well, I've got I've got a terrible sweet tooth. You mm. know, I've had you know my my grand worked in a sweet shop when I was a kid, yeah. and she brings sweets home every. So I blame her. <laughs> but it's it's the one thing that I think, oh my god, you know, mm. uh, something to look forward to because food and drink is a real pleasure, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, from a yogic perspective, you're not you're not eating for pleasure; you're eating for sustenance, right? Exactly, and it's um, about non-attachment, isn't it? So not being attached to anything, really. Yeah, it's definitely non-attachment, and yeah. and like all of the yogi masters say, a master um, is detached. Mm. You know? uh, the, because the part of the yoga philosophy is your the five senses, the world of the five senses. Mm. Um, create drives and desires you know we we label things we like that we don't like that and we chase after the things that we like oh I want that chocolate I want that yeah. wine I want, oh you know and that, that kind of drives you mm-hmm. because you're attached to the idea that you like a glass of wine or you like a coffee or whatever it is you like in the morning or in the evening you're attached to that and that kind of drives you your behavior instead of you being in control and that kind of drives your id your id and your ego kind of impulses doesn't it when you're looking at it from freudian terms and from the psychological aspect of things it's very much you're following your your ego desires rather than sitting with with self if that makes sense so but it is hard it's very very hard it's hard in the way. It's easy to have that diet when you're in yoga um, mm. in, in an ashram. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but we don't live in an ashram. We live yeah. in everyday life, do we? We've got screaming kids around as a piece of us off all day. That's it, you know. And I, I think, you know, maybe I'm just not the type of person to reduce things because I know if I have a drink now, I'll probably then think, oh, well, you've just had a drink. You may as well have another one, mm. you know. Yeah next week or whatever yeah. um and I had an experience in April about my, my split up with my partner um and he left the house he left our house this house um in January of this year and we had a dog together which we'd had for a couple of years and we initially we shared the dog but then we realized you know this isn't this isn't gonna work uh, and I remember he said to me one Sunday night this isn't working somebody's gonna have to have the dog um you will have to have a chat and I said okay then then I kind of shut the door and I thought I know it's not me Mm. who's gonna have the dog and I knew that for a couple of reasons I was coming I was going to India for a month yeah Um, you know I'm I'm an extremely busy person yeah um you know I haven't got time to walk a a cocker spaniel for two hours a day I just haven't got that amount of time Mm. um but mainly actually what I what I thought is I I'd kind of done my numerology um path uh and my life path is a is a nine year which and the theme is about letting go so I knew I had to let go completion as well it's coming to completion end isn't it tying up loose ends and yeah but this is this is my life path it's not my numerological year if this is the theme throughout my entire life um and so I knew it was me uh and I thought right okay I I, I'm not going to see the dog for a week um you know, it would be my turn at the end of that week. And I just thought, don't, don't get in touch. Just don't get in touch. And and then I thought, well, if he gets in touch, then maybe I'm meant to see the dog, but he didn't. Mm. And that was April, um, you know, and it's September now. And I haven't seen the dog and I haven't made contact. It was literally. Yeah, a complete. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I've been back a week. I haven't had a drink. 
uh, I think about the attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about my yoga journey, about taking it to the next level. And I know um, it will interfere with any kind of Kundalini rising, yeah. that, that spiritual energy of consciousness. Um, because if you've got toxins in the body, what you're trying to do in yoga is trying to cleanse everything so you can, you know, have an experience of transcendence of oneness Uh, you know I've had it before um and I don't think I'm as clean as I was then and so I think if I can start to do more breath work uh do more meditation uh and mantra because they're the three key practices it's not poses themselves um but the more advanced practices that take you to a deeper level of the mind mm-hmm. um, and an experience of the nature of true reality, which is oneness. You know, we are the ocean. And it's we an are- unusual experience, isn't it? Because I've actually felt that before through different work. Obviously, as you know, I do mediumship and, and that kind yes. of thing. And I do a lot of trance work. Um, and I've actually have had that experience where I've transcended and I've felt my my physical body fall away and floating into just nothingness really just yeah it's the most bizarre feeling but it's very fleeting and it's very hard to get back there once you've you know once you've got a bit again it's very hard to get back there yeah and it is that that is it fear it's hard to get back there and and I think one of the the things that they're saying is you have to cleanse the nardis which is your uh energy channels or what the Chinese would call meridians yeah Uh, and within those meridians um uh, your chi, you know, from a Chinese perspective, yeah. uh, will flow, or from a yogic perspective, the prana, yeah, which is basically your life force energy, flows through these invisible channels. How do we do that, Emma? What would we? What would like? How could we start that process? Is like for the listeners here, how could they start that process of cleansing their meridians and? Yeah, so I've heard EFT is quite good for that. Sorry, I've heard the EFT, the emotional freedom. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, getting. Because it's all down to the chakras, which is mm. which is basically your your, your main energy channels. Yeah. You know, there are lots of chakras. We we know the main ones is the yeah. main one from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. Um, working on those different uh, chakras to to cleanse them requires each chakra. You know, requires a certain amount of work and a certain type of work. So let's say, for example, you start at the base because that's where your spiritual journey end, yeah. starts at the. Yeah. And so that corresponds to your um, organs of elimination, uh, your your hips, your legs, the base of the spine. So each chakra will, will govern a particular area of the body mm-hmm. that corresponds to that. And think of chakras. Um, chakra means wheel or vortex. It's a spinning um, energy that's kind of sending energy to all the different parts of the body. So the base is sending it to the legs, the hips, the base of the spine and your organs of elimination. Um, and think of it like this. I like to kind of use this analogy. In fact, I'm going to give you two for your listeners so they can maybe understand it a little bit more. So imagine you're in the garden and you've got your garden hose and you're watering your plants or your flowers. Um, And then the flowers are really flourishing, blossoming uh, in the sunlight. And then somebody comes along and stands on the garden hose. And so now the water isn't getting through. Okay, so now... The, the plant starts to kind of wither and wilt and droop a little because it's not getting the 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 nourishment that it needs. So the the health of the plant is kind of affected in the same way as that we have um, an energy blockage in the first chakra, then we can get problems with our, our organs of elimination. Uh, we might get some hip problems or problems with the legs because the energy isn't flowing as it should mm-hmm. uh, so we don't have optimal health in terms of physical psychological spiritual health um emotional health um another way or probably more accurately what you would say now uh, rather than a blockage of energy uh en- the energy of consciousness the energy of awareness it's it's like we haven't gone online mm-hmm. you know it's like part of that 
chakra the, the reason that energy isn't there is because the awareness and the consciousness isn't there so it's kind of offline and so we do practices to bring it online you know whether that's kind of movement-based practices um engaging pelvic floor where the kundalini is um breath work all of that all these different kind of yogic pra- practices to stimulate the energy to start switching back on coming online um why does the energy go offline in the first place well you mentioned earlier uh emotions mm-hmm. uh, is one of the big reasons that um energy is not there and flowing as it should it hasn't it's not online uh because particularly in the west we we tend to not process our emotions very well um stiff up a lip you know never let them see you cry and all that crap no wonder where you've got mental health issues yeah. <laughs> um uh, and people don't deal with their emotions if so somebody's I'm... angry with some either they suppress it yeah. and anything suppress as a, a funny habit of coming out at the most like in drain isn't it yeah yeah. 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 yeah yeah or we project you yeah. know and we just <sighs> bite somebody's head off we, we don't process our emotions really well uh and you know if for example our heart chakra uh you know uh closes down and that will generally close down because we've you know we've had some kind of loss yeah uh, somebody's died whether it's a person um or a, or a pet um you've yeah, had some serious. kind of loss yeah. uh, and the heart closes down you know and that's not necessarily a conscious thing although it is in some people don't go there you know they just don't want to talk about it it's too painful mm-hmm. uh and and but mostly it's unconscious, you know. It, it the heart armors up um, to prevent you know any further hurt. Um, and when it when it closes down, a bit like a kind of petal closing, uh, the energy isn't circulating there. Yeah. And so what happens is instead of us getting the good qualities of that chakra um, when it's in balance, which would be for the heart joy, love, peace, harmony, balance, compassion, kindness, gratitude, forgiveness. When it's not in, when a chakra is out of balance, you get the shadow qualities when the energy isn't flowing. So you get the opposite. You get unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, resentment, grief, sadness, you know? And so if if I often say to people, okay, well, you need to do a little bit of forgiveness work because you're holding on to resentment and bitterness towards this person. Oh, I can't forgive. And you know, what they don't realize is that they're actually hurting themselves. Their hearts closed down. So they never experience the good qualities of joy and happiness and kindness and you know gratitude. What I love about all of these kind of techniques and, you know, like yoga and Pilates and Ayurveda and all of these other kinds of philosophies they all have a very strong mental health aspect attached to them I mean you're I mean as as a qualified psychotherapist myself I'm listening to you who you're talking about yoga and you're talking about all these things and you, you've got all this wisdom and knowledge also about you know this uh, the psychology underpinning of it and you know that's not something that you've studied per se separately but it's because these these philosophies they it's hold intrinsic, an intrinsic yeah. part of our own wisdom and knowledge developing and us you know opening ourselves up psychologically and it, that's when I first got inv- um, interested in chakras when I was working as a psychotherapist because we had a lot of people coming in with a lot of woundings and addictions and again it's all root chakra stuff a lot of maternal you know um, woundings from their parents you know again all root chakra stuff because you know you're coming from that ancestry kind of thing womb attachments and it's so interesting how all these different philosophies have all a very similar kind of way about working with people, not just looking at the main presenting thing, but going down into the root cause of the problem and treating it holistically. Yeah. And you've hit the nail on the head there. It's going to the root of the yeah. of the issue. You know, our, you know, our modern social and cultural structures now have taken us so far away um you know from our natural way of being you know hundreds of years ago you know indigenous tribes now thank god there's you know there's still some some left around the world 
still have this innate uh, inner wisdom, uh, knowing that they can heal themselves, um, you know, via these these ancient practices, which are still obviously surviving today. But but in our modern society, you know, particularly Western medicine now in the UK now, the answer is okay. We'll either cut it out, you know, we'll give you an operation, take a pill, um, or we'll put a sticking plaster on it. We'll give you these drugs, these antidepressants, you know, this this medication. Mm. Uh, who's benefiting here? Big pharma, of course, exactly. always. Mm. Um, you know, uh, to mask the, we'll treat the symptoms, to mask the issue, but you're not getting to the root cause. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's it. And society is, you know, you know. We're handing that responsibility over to them, aren't we? Because by doing that, we're giving them responsibility of us instead of us looking at where the problem is arising from and taking responsibility and owning, you know, if it is a psychological thing, okay, maybe I need to deal with that. I need to look at why that's happening because it's just so yeah. easy, like take out, isn't it? You, you're you just going to the doctor and you're going, here's all what's wrong with me. There you go. You sort it out for me. Yeah, I think as well what's really interesting is that these are ancient practices with like hundreds and hundreds of years of, evidence behind them and yet they're called pseudoscience and everything else is just yeah this works because you can take a tablet and get rid of it when really like you say it's just putting a plaster on it yeah and and but you know society is 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 actually um it's it's part of the culture now you know i was watching a bbc program and this guy would set up in in a particular practice in a gp practice in london and he said okay instead of giving each person five minutes with the, with the GP, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll set up upstairs and I'll give people 20 minutes, an hour, just to talk about their stuff. So we sat in with the doctor and people, patients were actually asking for medication, uh, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, painkillers, whatever. So the doctor was, was you know, saying, well, maybe we could go. And the people themselves were asking for the quick fix. And when they were offered, um, you know, a, a long time with the, with the doctor, they, they, most of them didn't want to know. So it's not just the doctors that are pushing this the agenda. As a society, as a nation, we just want a quick fix. Look, look, I, I just, you know, I've, I've got to get on with my day. We've become conditioned yeah. to want Correct. a quick fix for everything and not want to hold on to any responsibility for anything either. Correct. I think that is where the problem is. The system, the system's broken, but also as human beings, we've become damaged and we need to we need to repair that damage. And the only way to do that is to tap into our own consciousness. Yeah. soul and ask ourselves how we can heal ourselves because by healing ourselves individually heal we're healing the collective yeah. and this is right. like saying about the ocean and realizing that as the energy we're all connected if we all start to level up and mm-hmm. raise our awareness of what yeah. you know, of everything you know and i can speak from experience of having multiple health issues some of which you know I, you have to constantly look back on and think, is some of this psychological? Is some of this my own doing? You know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that anybody that's, you know, ill, don't obviously take that the wrong way, that it's their own doing. I'm saying that sometimes the somatic result of, of dis-ease or disharmony within the mind can create yeah. that dis-ease in the body. Well, yeah, from a yogic perspective... Uh, everything first, everything in the physical world mm. first starts in the energetic realm. It has yeah. a in, in the larger field. Um, so uh, from a yogic perspective, you know, particularly if you're talking about the chakras, uh, what they'll say is, okay, if you have, um, you know, a chest infection, uh, for example, then what's actually happened is there's an energetic root cause to that. So the um, there'll be an emotional root cause. So something will have happened to the energy flowing around the heart or not. It's gone offline. Uh, the energy isn't flowing as it should. What is the cause of that? Mm-hmm. So the cause, if you look back, okay, well, yeah, my my um, my mother died. 
for example. Yeah. Um, and, and the heart has shut down. And if you don't deal with the grief, if you're suppressing it because you've got to get on with the day, you've got to go to work, you've got to look after the kids, but you, and it stays stuck, the stuckness then uh, stops the flow of energy. It's literally gone offline. That creates a weakness then in that particular area, which is when any kind of virus yes. or bacteria is going to go to your weakened weakened areas, isn't it? Well, well, eventually, if the, if it's not getting the energy then it's like the wilting flower. Yeah. No, it's not circulating. So the organs that that prana, that life force energy is supplying, is is, is the health is going to deteriorate in that particular organ that this yeah. chakra is supplying, in which case it's the, the heart and lungs. So we might get a chest infection. Um, you know, similarly, you know, if somebody's got a persistent cough, <clears throat> you know, uh, you'd be looking, okay, what's the root cause of that in an energetic perspective? Because the fifth chakra, the Vishuddhi chakra, is all about communication. Mm -hmm. So if somebody, um, you know, <clears throat> speaks the truth, they speak up for themselves, they're a good listener, they, they communicate well, they're honest, no problem here. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's a, a persistent liar, uh, they interrupt, they gossip, they're a poor listener, they speak half-truths, or... They, or they gossip or they don't speak up at all, you know, um, then the energy here is not flowing as it should. So there could be ear issues, there could be throat issues, <clears throat> persistent cough, something like that, because it's there's an energetic cause which then blocks the energy, literally choking the energy to this, uh, you know, it's supplying the neck, the throat and the ears, this, this chakra here. It's and so those organs that it supplies yeah. is then not getting the life force energy. So now it's like the wilting flower. What's it's going to now result? It's going to manifest in a physical symptom. You go to the doctor, you'll get some cough medicine, right? Yeah. But 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 that's just again masking um, the symptoms. What is the cause? Long term, we need to look much deeper. Than when what we've been doing, Western medicine. Yeah, we're only looking in our own environments, aren't we? Instead of looking more in a more expansive way, like most people would just think, "Oh, well, I caught a virus," you know. Mm. But yes, that that is true. You probably did catch a virus, but you probably caught you caught a virus, and then because you were weakened in that area, it developed into something perhaps more than it may have done. Your immune system yeah. may have been able to kick in and fight that off had you have been functioning on optimum level well that's the interesting thing isn't it because some people have weaknesses in certain areas and yeah you catch the same virus 100%. in the same house but someone's got an issue with their throat someone's got it on their chest someone's yeah. got it with their in their sinuses and their nose someone that's gets really a stomach upset yeah yeah. Mm. yeah and you know it's also to do with their belief Interestingly enough, I, I never sort of bought into the COVID thing and I never um I never had the vaccine, refused mm -hmm. to have that. And um interesting enough, there's loads of evidence now coming that a natural immunity is out there now. In fact, I posted a YouTube uh clip from a doctor yesterday uh on my Facebook page regarding uh the studies that are coming out saying now natural immunity is yeah. Is it 13 to 27 times better than than the vaccines it's it's out there now you know yeah. actual studies um but you know it's um it, i think a lot to, is to do with your belief i didn't buy into the collective fear consciousness yeah. of fear that was surrounding um covid yeah. um and and i actually got covid in april of last year april 2022 uh, and that was at the time um, I finished with my uh, nine-year relationship at the end of March. So you were dealing uh, with loss. Yeah, and I was dealing with loss. Mm -hmm. mm. And that can affect the lungs and the heart, can't it? Exactly, as well. exactly. It affects the heart. And exactly. The and yeah. I got COVID, interestingly mm. enough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was in bed for a day and then I was back up again. I mm. kind of bounced back pretty quickly mm -hmm. uh, and again it's it's a state of mind and it's a belief so I think that the biology of belief you know um, people like Dr Bruce Lipton uh, mm -hmm. you know one of my favorite um, presenters writers authors 
you know, he he writes the whole thing on on biology of belief and and yeah. talks about the placebo effect, um, which is and just Spencer does that as well, doesn't he? he talks yeah. about that also. And, and, exactly and and, mm. and actually the nocebo effect yes. so if you have a, a a negative belief about yourself you know oh i'm going to get covid or you know if you have a diagnosis of cancer maybe you think oh i'm, I'm going to die then that's a nocebo effect and, and it's just your actual progress on that journey doesn't it 100 percent. 100 percent. there's there's no question uh the belief uh behind it uh is is one of the most powerful things and again something that i've learned as well we just literally have not got uh any energy to give any energy to to negativity and 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 that kind of ties in with the law of attraction you know what you think or in the words of louise hay you know every word you speak is an affirmation it's actually a really interesting book um written by a lady called candice i can't remember her surname there but it's called molecules of emotion i've got it yes i've got it yeah it's it's a really interesting book i can't remember her surname but she talks about how every molecule of every cell has a consciousness in our body so everything is literally communicating with each other so that makes complete sense if we're talking to ourselves in a certain way yeah cells will respond in accordance to that frequency yeah. That we're Absolutely. that we're radiating yeah. out. Yeah, and the heart's a magnet, isn't it? And the mind is, you know, what you're putting out there. So you're kind of you're putting it out there from your mind, and the heart's attracting what the mind is telling it. So if that's the if that's the vibration that you're resonating on. That's what you're attracting into your life. That's right. You're you we're all vibrating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and whatever. It's like we're all like magnets. We'll we'll vibe with people on the same level, the same yeah. vibration as us. Um, you know, and and what you put out there, your universe is indifferent, no good, no bad, no right, no wrong. It's like a boomerang, like karma, you're putting something out there mm-hmm. and it's going to come back to you in the form of an experience, whether that experience is good or bad, according to what your thoughts are. Your thoughts are constantly creating mm-hmm. uh, your reality. You haven't got time to have a negative thought. And what people don't realize about the law of attraction, and this is why it doesn't work for a lot of people sometimes, is that you can have a conscious, um, and you can consciously say like an affirmation, you know, like I am, I'm healthy, fit, and well. Let's say if that was your affirmation because you were you had some serious illness or you were you were recovering from cancer. Um, if if you're consciously thinking and saying so many times a day, I'm healthy, fit, and well, um, but a you don't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, then actually that has a detrimental effect and, and studies have supported that. You can look at the studies online. Uh, so they say if you, if you don't believe it, you know, the biology of belief, if it's not in the realm of your belief system, you're not going to accept it. You're going to reject it. Uh, that's going to make you feel worse. So they say yeah. to the word choose, I choose to be fit, healthy and well. And that's somehow acceptable to us. But what people don't realize is, is, you might consciously say whatever words, I'm financially abundant, but maybe you're not, maybe you're in debt, right? But you want to be. So you bring it into the present tense. You you know, you have to say it in a positive language, which is what we're told for the affirmations, present tense, positive language, say it as if it's already happened. But if we're vibing, um, you know, oh God, I'm, I'm really, you know, I've got loads of debt. And that's our vibration. Now, we don't not necessarily know our vibration, right? It's a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. And sub meaning below, it's below consciousness. We don't realize that that's happening. Yeah. So consciously saying the words, but the vibe of the subconscious is completely different. And that is what the law of attraction will respond to, the vibration, yeah. And we're vibration yeah. of fear, of fear, yeah. financial fear, regardless of what words we speak. And that's another reason why it's so important to keep coming back to that stillness, that space where you're getting to understand what your consciousness is really saying. You know, what is your subconscious trying to communicate with you and 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 trying to, you know, make that and adjust that to what you want it to be. And how do you do that? How do you realize what is going on in the subconscious? Well, you got to stop the mind chatter, yeah. you know, like shaking up those snow globes and then yeah. all the snow kind of, that's the thoughts. That's you know, a great so, analogy, actually. Yeah. yeah, that's a great analogy. Exactly. And 60,000 to 90,000 thoughts we have every day, most of which mm. are the same the day before, the day before that, the day before that. 
to have that snow subside, you've got to sit still. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what's hard for people, right? They think they have this image in their head. They're going to sit still. Their mind is going to be clear and it's going to be bliss. No, it's not. The opposite's going to happen. You sit exactly. still and those thoughts are going to come in. And that's when people get jumpy. They mm-hmm. get and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, they get bored. It's not happening. I'm not enlightened in 15 minutes. You know, <laughs> I need gratification. It's, it's not happening. I need it now. I need it next month, next week. You know, they don't put the work in. They don't put the effort in. Uh, they get frustrated, they want it now, uh, or there's the washing to do, the iron, there's always something better to do, or they fall asleep, or their mind just wanders. And then those initial experiences um, put people off. They think, yeah, oh, I can't do it. I just, I can't, I can't meditate. Well, what we've, what you've tried for a week, for a month. Exactly. Yeah. It's a discipline, that's isn't it? We, we, had, the other we, we had this exact conversation, didn't we? Yeah. About- she really struggles with it. And I said this exact thing to her. I said, you have to make, you have to set aside time for yourself. You have to make that commitment to self-love to and to stick with it. It's a discipline. You're not just going to learn it no. in, a, in, in a few days, in and a few weeks. What it's going to take years. As well, Emma, is that even you with all of the things that you've done and learned, you still were saying earlier, you know, I could do more of this. I could do more of the breath work. Mm. I could do more time aside to do this and that. Always. And then, you know, you've got me who's not even started yet and it can seem so overwhelming to get started, but you're still thinking of how you can improve. I think that's the main thing to take away from mm. that is that it's a journey. It's never yeah. just a quick fix with anything. And at the moment, our culture is such an instant gratification culture as well. Constantly yeah. wanting things now. Yesterday. Yeah. You want to just start and be like, oh, I'm enlightened and, you know, I eat healthy and I, I do yoga and I'm I'm doing really well for myself. It's a journey. You've got to yeah. take it one step at a time. We're constantly I, living in the like future, aren't we? Instead of living in the present moment. Yeah. Where the gifts are. Yeah. The, the present moment where the gifts yeah. are, you know. Yeah. It is. And the mind, you know, that's what we that's what we're trying to the goal of yoga is to master the mind, really. Yeah. You know, and know that you're bigger than bigger than your mind. That that isn't who you are. I'm not this mind, I'm not this body, I'm this consciousness, I'm this awareness that is watching behind the closed eyes, knowing, hearing all this stuff. I am that awareness, I am that tatuamasi. Um to to learn to understand that. And you know, the minute you know, it's a, it's a lifeline. It's a life lifelong journey. The minute you think you're enlightened, it's it's game over. You know, yeah, okay. just. It's, I don't think people that don't take don't take on the continued professional development. I think that's ego, isn't it? Because we never stop learning, and I no. think that is you know ultimately where we should all be constantly wanting to just learn more and learn more and learn more all the time. Because you, yeah. you're never at the finishing point until you're dead, are you? Like, and that's that's the, the reality, you know. And even then, you're not. It's just the end of this physical form that the energy transform dies. Exactly. Yeah, physical form dies. The soul goes on to its yeah. next next physical vehicle. Yeah. You know, the next um, body incarnation uh, on this earth, starting from you know a point where you kind of left off. So we're constantly evolving. Yeah, um, it's interesting because when we were speaking to um, a lady on a, a couple of podcasts before, uh, Pam Goodwin, we was talking. She's an astrologer. We was talking about how our destiny and our soul's path is is about constantly evolving and ascending, yeah. and and we it, it's certain parts in the birth chart that show us where our soul's destiny for this particular life experience is. And when I was looking at your birth chart, mm-hmm. um, yours is in your tenth house. Um, and it's in Pisces, which obviously is one of the most spiritual signs of the zodiac. So, and, and the tenth house is what governs work and how the, the world sees us, um, oh. and the energy that we put out into the world. So, and yours, so your actual north, north node axis, which is like the energy that it's kind of emanating between, is the tenth house of Pisces, and then in the um, fourth house of Virgo, which is. Um, moving away so that would have been that would be your south node where, where Virgo is and that's kind of the, the where you're coming from now but where you're needing to go is into your north node of Pisces which is where you're already heading and where you're already going so you're completely on your your access to destiny of where you're supposed to be going um, right. and you know your 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 not your south node is in is in Virgo which is where that perfectionist traits come from sometimes always wanting to you know you know 
do do better, better. Yep. exactly and yep. your, your pisces is, is the unconditional love the self-sacrificing the healing the spirituality you know it's ruled by neptune and you've actually got neptune transiting your 10th house at the moment as well so and and neptune is the is the planet of of spirituality it's a very spiritual planet and obviously you've just been to india and doing lots of spiritual work so yeah. That's really, really positive. And you've also got in your sixth house of work, Sagittarius is your main placement, which again is ruled by Jupiter. But that again is a very philosophical, master teacher, um, guru, guru energy. So that's in your everyday work life. Yes. So you've got those amazing spiritual placements in your chart, which shows me looking at that, that you're really, um, you know, geared up to be, in the right position for your north node kind of destiny where you're heading you're going in the right direction and that's all because you're following your higher self and you're tapping into that you know unconscious part of yourself your soul you know great i mean i was told that you know to take it to the next level write a book i said funny enough i've been trying to do that uh but it's definitely in your chart as well for book writing also that definitely brilliant well, yeah. I, I kind I feel like I want to open some kind of organization, some kind of center, yeah. uh, some kind of foundation where people can, you know, like some kind of ashram. I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's something like that. I I need to sort of take it to the next level, because um, I I need to feed my soul and I need to have a, like a massive urge to help. Yeah, and that's your Pisces North Node, you see. Yeah, that massive is the ultimate you know caring and sacrificing for other people and you know yeah. that yeah. they are the healers of the world you know and 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 that you know that's a, your moon is also placed there as well so it's the, the moon is your your natal moon so it's the, the true essence of you, who you are you know it's right. placed in that same position next to almost conjunct your north node so yeah. it, you're you're really following your heart's true purpose and 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 soul's purpose and i'm sure that you feel that but just for your own knowledge to say that it's in your birth chart, which I believe so, so truly to be the blueprint of our souls, um, the incarnation of our soul of each lifetime. It's saying that it's, it's written there. It's, it's, wow. it's in black and white, you know? Wow. That's great. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I do feel, I, I feel like since I came back, I just feel kind of flat, mm-hmm. directionless, you know, I'm kind of, there's a level of frustration you know, going in and doing the usual day-to-day classes. You know, people are lovely, yeah. but it's not feeding my soul. Yeah, and we need that, don't we? We need that soul. We need to be feeding yeah. ourselves 100%. We do. And, you know, one of the um, one of the things I've started to do, you know, with private clients now, because, you know, we're talking about the conscious and the, and the, and the subconscious, uh, what people say and what people actually mean or, or what they don't say um, is what resides in, in the subconscious. So a very quick diagnostic tool now that I'm that I'm doing uh, with people. Uh, and honestly, I was doing it with one of my yoga teacher trainers. Um, uh, and we went through all the seven chakras with the dousing pendulum, mm-hmm. um, which tells me which chakras are in balance which are partially blocked and which are balanced mm-hmm. um and and we went through each chakra and i said okay so the first one is out that's to do with you know stability safety security so if it's out you get the opposite you get insecurity mm-hmm. um you know you're fearful you know you're unstable uh, you're not grounded you know and she's telling me a story about herself with with each chakra so i'm saying this this second one's out it's all about the feelings and the emotions so it's a it's about letting go going with the flow i said are you holding on to emotions you know it's also to do with sensuality sexuality fertility intimacy you know there was an issue with a boyfriend and 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 cheating uh you know we went to the third her chakra of personal power self-belief confidence uh, that was out. She'd lost her self-confidence because of what had been going on yeah. with the boyfriend. The heart was blocked. I said, oh, is that because of the boyfriend? She said, no, this is because um, uh, her her dad had left them when they were um, young. 
but he'd chosen for some reason to keep in touch with her sister uh, more than her. So she was feeling a lot of resentment mm -hmm. towards him. So that was blocked. Yeah. The thought was then blocked. Well, I said, course. are you verbalizing that resentment? Are you speaking up against your boyfriend, against your dad? Are you saying what you really mean? Are you being honest? Uh, and, and that's why this was out. Mm -hmm. uh, the spiritual hub was out. I mean, the whole thing. She had a full house. And that's the thing, isn't it? When it's one, one thing's disaligned, it can reverberate through the whole system. You know, the foundations are wobbly, you know. So the whole thing, the whole energy was off. Mm. And uh, interestingly enough, I'd been teaching these girls uh, for maybe five months and I didn't really know anything about them. We would have three hour sessions together while they were doing some face to face training. And, uh, and in five months, I didn't really know who she was. But I'm telling you, this took 20 minutes just to douse the whole energy system. And I, I knew more about her in 20 minutes just yeah. from the pendulum in five months. And I said, you know what? I said, you could have gone to a counselor for yeah. 10 sessions and they wouldn't, you might not have got all of that information out. I said, this is the power. So now, you know, I... Whatever anybody says, you know, whether they think consciously, oh, I'm over that. Well, your subconscious is saying, actually, you're not. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of, it's what you're vibing. And people don't always realize that or they lie to themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's a very, it's like a diagnostic tool. What is out? Uh, okay. So if we balance the, because you're holding resentment. Okay. So I can balance the energy here. But if you go away from here and you constantly whinging and moaning and, and seething with resentment towards your ex you know for the way he treated you then it's just going to get blocked again mm -hmm. you know so you need to do some forgiveness work you need to do maybe a fire ceremony uh you know perform a letting go burn an effigy yeah. in the in the fire or you need to you know write your wish list um at the full moon yeah. uh and burn your list of, of, of what you want to let go of. Yeah. You need to let go because you need to move on because some this cutting is or something. Some people need a bit of help to get there, don't they? They can't do it themselves and they sometimes need a bit of help to get there. And there's some wonderful practitioners out there that Absolutely. can help facilitate that and help, you know, as well as counsellors, because obviously there is a place for counselling also. Some people, you know, it takes them a bit of time to get to that place where they're willing to own their stuff you know and and, and let go of it and, and let yes. wings yeah. i could talk to you all day emma <laughs> i could literally sit and talk to you all day, honestly. it's such a vast subject it's right such a vast subject and maybe at a later date when you, i know you're such a busy lady that maybe you could come on and we could talk about something else at a later date as well because there's just so much wisdom there for you to share with people um i, I know you've written a few ebooks haven't you as well um so people can access that via your website can they if they wanted to um that I have well the there's not ebooks. I haven't got any ebooks because at the moment all my stuff is really relating to instructor training. Right, okay. But, um I am, and thanks for inviting me on this podcast because it's kind of spurred me to to put my fulfillment recipe, which is you know, um the eight-week course, is to maybe put that online as as a podcast. Yeah, I think you help. should. Yeah, which will help other people. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been on my list for a long time. But but like anything, you know, if I divide myself into 10 people. I know, then you're very busy and it's hard to try and <laughs> fit everything in, isn't it? But I yeah. think it would be wonderful for you to do the podcast in. I think that you... Yeah, you know, you, I'll you would, definitely listen yeah, to it. Yeah, and I'll definitely listen to it as well, you know. So yeah. I think that would be a wonderful thing for you to do. And there's so much wisdom there of all the years you've worked in the field, not just with the physical body, but as we've just discussed today, there's so much more to it than just yoga. You know, it is a way of being, it's a way of living, and it's a way of, you know, connecting to the divine consciousness. Um, Correct. Yeah. We're so grateful for your time. I mean, is there anything that you could leave us with, like, as, as for example, some books or some downloadable yeah. that you would recommend for anybody to use? Yeah, there's a, um, there's a guy um, called James Nestor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a New York Times bestseller. It's called Breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a revelation um, for for many people, which is why it's a, a, a bestseller. Yeah. The one I've been reading at the moment, and probably the one that directly relates to kind of the thing that we're talking about about beings beings of energy. 
and it ties it in with the chakra system. And she's a doctor and she's a, a yogi as well. Uh, again, this is a bestseller. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Energy Codes. Yeah. Uh, and that's by Dr. Sue Morter. Mm-hmm. M-O-R-T-E-R. Um, so that that's that's the one I would recommend. And of course, the usual Dr. Joe Dispenza becoming supernatural. Uh he's he's he that that is probably one of my top books. Yeah. Really. I I'm reading the placebo at the moment. I wrote oh, yeah. it before yeah. a few years ago, but I I lost it and I thought, well, I'm gonna reread it again, you know. So I think it's sometimes yeah. it's good to go back to the beginning and redo things. But I appreciate if any, yeah, if, one last bit. If there's any bit of your readers had trauma in their lives, uh, there's a book called What Happened to You uh, by Dr. Bruce Perry. He's one of Oprah Winfrey's advisors, you know, for the last 30 years or so, yeah. uh, a specialist on trauma. Um, and When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. any of Gabor yeah. Mate's stuff is, is, is really good. Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of my, my top books at the moment. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm going to add one. Yeah, go on. It's a brilliant one. Talking about letting go, uh, Dr, I think it's Dr, uh, David R. Hawkins. You can get all these on audiobooks as well. It's called Letting Go, and it literally has a chapter on every emotion, grief, really? anger, fear, fear. Uh, we'll write all of these and leave them yeah, in we'll the leave them in the description. Yeah. I think yeah. I'll, including your, your website, oh, yeah. including <laughs> links to your studio. And obviously, I know you do some online learning and teaching as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah. So anyone yeah. interested in coming to see Emma for any of those things, yeah. I would highly recommend her. I've been on, you know, one of her fulfillment um recipes, recipes, which was fantastic. And she gratefully donated that to me for free. Uh, last year when I was very unwell and in a really bad place emotionally as well and I really needed it at that time and you graciously helped me with that and I will be forever grateful because it really did help me because I was really struggling with my anxiety at that point and it was a real lifeline so I would highly recommend Emma's work um, and wanted to just thank you so much for giving your time coming on here and talking with us I know we had a little bit of a technical thing to start (laughs) with um, it's been lovely having you and we'll definitely would love you to come on at another time when you're not too busy for our last thing to leave us with what's one thing that our listeners could do today to start their journey if they wanted to sort of get into to yoga what would you recommend first thing to do um I would say learn learn to sit still and and just breathe contact with your your breath remember yoga is a physical practice in the west but actually in in reality it's all about the mind and if you can control the mind and be in the now and the present moment which is the only moment we have um that's a really good place to start meditation for a lot of people is more of an advanced practice if you can just sit down and connect with your breath uh, and bring yourself that snow globe all the mental chatter down uh, and a good practice is your your square breathing your box breathing which is the the number one breath to reduce stress and to reduce anxiety anxiety being a massive problem today particularly with young people Um, so you would sit down 10 minutes per day um you can do it once or twice a day and you breathe in for a count of four you hold the breath in for a count of four you exhale for a count of four and you hold the breath out for a count of four box breathing so 16 counts for one breath cycle inhale through the nose for four hold the breath in for four exhale through the nose for four hold the breath out for four 10 minutes brings you into the now Calms down the, the the nervous system, you know, reduces stress, reduces anxiety, gets you in touch with the deeper aspect of you. Just start with 10 minutes a day. See what happens. Your day starts to flow. It starts with breath. You are the breath. You yes, yes. Breath is consciousness. Breath is spirit. It is the real you. Yeah. So just breathe just breathe yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. recommendation breath by james nestor a great book amazing thank, thank you, you emma. So much, emma lovely to have you on thanks, thanks for, for asking as well no problem you thank take you care bye, bye. bye.